I want to go back to Matthew chapter 2 this morning and uh, do a little bit of a part two to the message I started on Friday night. And I'm calling this message today, Daniel and the Wise Men. And if you don't know why I'm, I'm calling it that, I hope you'll understand shortly what I mean when I say Daniel and the Wise Men. But we're going to rehearse this great story. One of my favorite parts of Christmas is looking at these three wise men, talked about them Friday night. I'm going to look at them again this morning. So just want to read the Holy Scripture and take in this story again. Then we'll try to see what we can learn. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard that he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. So he quotes from the scripture, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Okay, that's prophecy. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me so that I may too, that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When, the star, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him, and they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. In Daniel chapter 2, there's a conversation that takes place with the king and as they, he is discussing some wonderful things. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. But this story from, from uh, Matthew chapter 2 intrigues me because I see these cool guys, the Magi, And I described them to you Friday night, and I'll share with you briefly again. These were very unusual people in the culture. By the time we get to this time of Jesus, the the Magi were pretty sophisticated folks. They had risen above kind of the sort of uh, occult status. And they were really scientists and scholars, astronomers, and, and thinkers of their culture. And they were paid to do specific things, as I shared Friday night. And one of those was to interpret dreams. And another was to try to foretell the future and try to find and bring blessings to the king. It's a pretty amazing job that they had. Magi is what one of the scriptures uh, interpretation called it. From that, we get the word magic. So they were somewhat magicians. Uh, some of them thought they had supernatural powers. Uh, I don't know that they did tricks, but they certainly felt like they could read, read the stars and understand the future. They're also called wise men because they certainly brought wisdom to the kings, and they were very important. So I, I think that's, that's necessary for us to understand this, this story, that these were not your run-in-the-mill people. They were intellectual, they were bright, and they were interested. 
And my question as I read this wonderful story is, why were they interested? What was it about them that made them interested in this story? As I've read this story so many times, I've, I've preached over and over again the fact that they went and they saw and they enjoyed and they found this Jesus. But what was it that made them look in the first place? That's the, that's the part the Bible really doesn't tell us. The Bible doesn't explain clearly why they went. Now, we can say it might have been because of the Holy Spirit, and I think it was. It might have been just because they had read the Scripture. It probably was part of that. But there may have also been a connection to the guy we call Daniel in the past. I'm not the only one who asked this question. And I'm telling you, the Bible isn't going to tell me that this is a definitive truth this morning. But I just want to look at this story a little bit in Daniel 2 about a guy named Daniel that might have had an impact on these wonderful men we read about that come to visit Jesus. Because believe it or not, Daniel, whom most of us in this room know about, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel in the fiery furnace, Daniel, pretty impressive guy. Daniel was also a magi. He was also one of these high-level workers, and, and the king Nebuchadnezzar came to bless him in, a, in an amazing way because he was so gifted and talented but the reason for his gift and talent wasn't because of just some occultish practice. It came from God. God literally used Daniel to do mystical things and to have great wisdom. And so one day uh, in Daniel chapter 2, we read that the king had a horrible dream. A horrible dream. And, he, and, he, and, it, and it put him into a fit of rage. And he started demanding that all of his astrologer guys, his, his magi, his cool wise guys, he started demanding that they explain the dream to him because he was fearful. You know, when you study the Bible, you see these kings. And, and, and they were interesting people. But nine out of ten of them were just uh, honestly on the verge of being lunatics. And they feared, they had a lot of paranoia, they feared losing power. And that's the way it was in those days, because there's always a nation close by that can conquer you, right? And so he called all of his guys together and he said, I want you to interpret my dream. But, but honestly, not just interpret that dream, but I want you to tell me what the dream was. And if you don't do that, if you can't do that, I'm going to annihilate you. In fact... I'm going to have you cut into pieces. I'm going to mutilate you. And I'm going to destroy every one of your houses. We're going to burn them down to rubble. Okay, that would invoke some fear in me if I was working for the king. I would try to come up with something. And so they talked to him and they said, King, come on. Dude, King, please. You know, <laughs> you know we'll do our best here. And, and here's what the king says in in chapter 2, verse 8, he says, I'm certain that you're trying to gain time because you, you realize that this is what I've decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there's only one thing that's going to happen, one penalty. You've conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. And the, uh, the astrologers answered the king, there's no one on earth that can do what the king asks. We just can't do that. I love it. They got to this place where no card trick would work because this dream was incredibly important. I love it. 
No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of a magician or an enchanter or an astrologer in this version of the Bible. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious. Again, he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. By the way, that would have included Daniel and all of his buddies. Okay? And so the decree was issued to put the wise men to death. And the men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. Okay? Not a good thing at all for Daniel. And you know, it's, it's amazing to me, as I study Scripture, I see these wonderful people of God, and over and over again, I see the same pattern that I see in my own life. No matter how close we are to God, we still live in a rough earth. We still live in a place where we can be threatened, we can suffer, we can see difficult things happen as some of our friends are experiencing this weekend. And so Daniel decided to see if he could discover it. He says, King, give me a shot at this. And so he goes to God and he, and he prays. And the Bible says in verse 9 that during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And Daniel praised the God of heaven. And Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon. And he said to him, don't execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king. I'm going to interpret him this dream for him. And the king asked Daniel, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And, and Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery that he has asked about. But verse 28 sticks in my heart. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. I love that. King James Version says there's a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Okay? Already, Daniel's got his head on straight about this. He tells him the truth. There's nobody can interpret this dream. However, there's a God in heaven who can. And he has shown Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. And he shows them. And, and the first... Note that I just took as I was studying through that. What I'm sharing with you this morning is just Bible study notes from my own study. And it is plainly this. There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And I think you and I need to be reminded of that as we launch into 2022. There will be a lot of questions come your way. There will be a lot of concerns. There will be a lot of bad days. They're coming. You know they are. There's going to be moments when you're bewildered, moments when life doesn't seem fair. There's going to be times when you don't seem to have your act together. You've heard me complain of all my bad days, but you have them too. I know you do. I've seen some of you drive on the freeway. I know. I know. And I'm telling you, there'll be days when you don't have an answer. There's days when your heart can't figure things out. There's days when the wisdom that you've been given by your parents and the books that you've studied and the things that you know to be true, they still won't bring the answers. But there's a God in heaven who knows the mysteries. There's a God in heaven who understands all. And there's a God in heaven who also reveals mystery. I love it. This great, king, this great God, he went on to say, has shown the king what will take place in the future. And the, tree, the dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. 
And so when the king heard it, Nebuchadnezzar, he fell down before Daniel and he paid him honor. And he ordered that an offering and an incense be presented to him. That's pretty cool for a king to bow before you. He's got great relief. Now I want you to see something else here that I think is so important. When God shows you the way and when you share that way with others, others are blessed by that. And they might even be grateful. Most of the time we assume that people don't want to hear what God says about something, right? We sort of assume they don't want me to talk to them about the Lord. Not true! Because God might reveal the mystery using you that those people need to hear about their lives. He fell before him and he kind of worshipped and he said this in verse 47, Love it. Surely your God is the God of God's. And the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. For you were able to reveal this mystery. And so the king placed Daniel in a high position, lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province and placed him in charge of all its wise men. What a crazy day. Now Daniel, as we know, is a Hebrew. He came from the land of, of Israel, and he was brought into Babylon because of captivity. A horrible thing took his family out of Israel and placed him in a foreign nation, Babylon, modern-day Persia, or modern-day Iraq, which became Persia and Iraq, where these wise men came from. A horrible thing placed him there, okay? A terrible thing. A, a, a thing that if Daniel were attending Harmony Church in those days, he would say, guys, we're about to be overrun. It's going to be horrible, and life's never going to be the same again. We've got to pray that it doesn't happen, right? That's what I would pray. Don't let it happen, God. Don't let it happen, God. God lets it happen. And God still continues to use Daniel. And God shows Daniel wonderful things and uses him in the midst of a sinful place. That excites me. That excites me. That touches my heart. That blesses my heart. It just fills it up this morning as I think about us in a world that needs us to connect some dots with them about God. And here's my note for you. When Daniel spoke up, Daniel did a loving thing. He shared the truth about the goodness of God to the people God had placed around him. A loving thing. See, sometimes I think we forget that it's loving to share the mysteries of God with others. It's an act of love. It's an act of love to say, I'm going to be praying for you. Let's look in the Scripture and see if there's something in the Bible that might give you an answer. Let's see if God has a mystery He wants to reveal. And so we look at these guys now who are many years ahead of Daniel. I wonder if perhaps, I wonder if perhaps one of the reasons they got excited about this star is because they knew this story of Daniel. Imagine the impact of the story of Daniel upon all the Magi. All the Magi. All these dudes are going, whoa, wow, that's amazing. We couldn't interpret the thing you did. And not only that, you saved our lives. I'm telling you, Daniel got pretty popular. And what if perhaps 
All the people started passing on the story of Daniel and his God. I know it happened. And it permeated parts of the culture. And people started hearing this story of Daniel. Remember, there was a guy named Daniel who, who saved all of the Magi because he was able to interpret the dream. And they said, well, how did he did it? He didn't do it with magic. He did it with prayer. He did it because he knew God. And even the king says, your God is the God of God. Your king is the king of kings. That excites me. Thank you for saying amen. That's good preaching. Because I'm telling you, I think it's exciting. Sometimes I'm gloom and doom about the world, and I pray that God would fix everything, and God would make everything easier for us. I pray for God to you know, make everything around me and everybody around me be just as good as I am. And He doesn't. So I have another thing to hold on to, however, and that is to be a light that shines. And see, I think it's just possible that maybe these magi not only had read these scriptures and heard these scriptures, maybe not only was the Holy Spirit moving within them and for some reason they were able to say yes, I think they've heard this story. And I think they were fascinated. And maybe they even discussed, hey, that's the God of Daniel. If this baby's being born according to the prophecy, if the prophecies are being made, this is probably something incredibly special we need to Take a look at. And maybe their hearts were prepared for a miracle. You never know what God's doing in the hearts of people around you guys. You just don't know. And you can walk away from people before you even get a chance to bless them with their miracle. You just don't know. We don't know all that God was doing in the lives of these magi, but it was special. And we read about them today. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 2, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. When they came into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. I love this so much. It's a very loving thing they, that Daniel did that passed on a story. And friends, Friday night I spoke about becoming a seeker. And today I want to challenge you about becoming a storyteller. That we tell it. Tell what you know. Say it. Say it to somebody. It's okay. Sometimes you're going to be standing there or in a line at a grocery store and you're going to have an unction in you, an unction, that thing, that, that Holy Spirit movement. And it's going to come into your mind to say something to them. And you're going to try to turn it off. You're going to try to say, I don't want to be weird. I don't want this person to think I'm being flirty or whatever. That's one of the cool things about getting older is people, people trust you a little more. Oh, he's got a white beard. He must be a nice guy. Not always true. But sometimes there's those moments when the Holy Spirit is trying to do something and we need to be a Daniel. We need to be willing to be bold and courageous and say, you know, I think God just did that. Or, or, or what do you know? Where are you going to church this weekend? Or do you have anywhere to go for Christmas Eve? What do you guys do for Christmas Eve? You never know what's going to happen. In a world that is so bad, in a world that is so cruel, in a world that is downright dangerous. God takes us and places us in those dangerous places and uses us. So guys, we got to 
We gotta, I guess we can pray for the world to change, but mostly we've got to pray that we are hearing the voice of God. So how do you become a storyteller in, in, in this year to come? How do you become one? First of all, tell your story to the world. Do it. Don't be afraid. Tell your story when the story needs to be told. So I'm challenging you today to pray that you'll know when is the right time. Tell the story because the story needs to be told People need to hear it. They need to know that there is a God, that we're not, we're not a political movement. We're not just a group of people that, that used to do and believe in something. We are present day seekers of God and people through whom God works. We are modern day Daniels. We are used of God. That's our, that's our calling and I love it. So when you're living your life this next week and the week after that and the months to come. It's not happenstance. It's not chance. It's being empowered by the Holy Spirit. So tell that story when the story needs to be told. Something about God. Something God has done for you or that you're a churchgoer. Tell the story because the story needs to be told. And tell the story because that's the most loving thing that you can do for someone. The most loving thing. I shared with you that my, my best buddy, his name's Brett, he's been to here, he lives in Kansas City, and I'm thinking about him hard the past two days because his father turned ill pretty quickly and, and, and then ultimately passed on. And his two sisters and my friend gathered in his room Friday night while we're here having our wonderful service. They're gathered in a room. And there's a lot of things they could talk about in those moments. They probably did. But here's what he told me that really touched my heart. He said, and I'll be honest with you, my friend has, has uh, you know, his, his relationships with his parents like yours and mine aren't always great, right? But he had grown close to his dad. He really loved him, respected him. And over the years, as he has gotten older, he... He was very sensitive to his father's needs and something special had taken place in them. And so when this time came, he said, Rob, I just got down and I talked in his ear and I told him how much I appreciated him, how much I cared about him. And then we sang his favorite songs, hymns. We did that because that's loving. We just sang the songs that he would love to hear. He didn't respond, of course, and they were hoping that he could hear, and they brought joy and they brought comfort, telling the story to someone, even when there's someone that knows God is the most loving thing you can do for someone. In my friend's father's death, they reminded him of the goodness of God and that God had prepared a home in heaven for him. And that that was his reality. And it brought such comfort, I know, to his father. And I know it did to my friend. I'm telling you what, guys, when you remember and you help someone else recall, you are bringing this Christmas emotion to their lives. And that emotion is joy. 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 The psalmist David in Psalm 51 and 12 said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He connected joy with salvation. 
when the Magi saw the star, they were overcome with joy. Salvation. The answer, what they needed, the mystery revealed, they were overcome with joy. And David, as he pleads his case before God in Psalm 51 and 12, knows that he's lived a life that has made some big mistakes. Mistakes that went down in history. Mistakes that we recall and talk about almost every year of our lives. Something David did. And David, however, remained repentant before the Lord. And he went to the Lord. And here's the thing I need you to give me, God. Give me the joy. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let heaven and nature sing. Why? Because we need that joy. And that joy is real. And so I'm praying for you guys. I love you. And I'm praying for God to make your way softer. I'm praying for doors to open. But more importantly than that, if God allows you to walk through a fiery furnace in the year to come, if God doesn't open every door that you think should open, I pray that you are empowered to tell the story and see what might happen around you. Daniel told the story in under a very trying circumstance. And maybe, just maybe, it led to the salvation of some wise guys. I don't know that that's the Bible, but that's the hint I get. God is so good. Whatever you're going to face this year, I promise you, I promise you, God will be with you, and He will flood your heart if you'll open it up to Him. So let's pray this morning that our joy doesn't go away. But if the joy has escaped, let's ask God to restore it. Let's be lights that shine in darkness. That's what harmony is all about. We're here this morning, and we're here Friday night, and and we're here every Sunday, and we do the things we do, and we beat the drum that we beat, and we try to get people's attention for one reason. We want them to find this joy. The joy of salvation. I have it in my life. It's made all the difference. And that makes Christmas Christmas. Pray with me. We love you, Lord. And God, we don't want to forget you. And so, Lord, I, I just proclaim this morning joy to the world, joy to this room. Joy, joy, joy. Thank you for joy, God, that comes from being people used by you. So thank you, God. I thank you, God, for all the things that my friends will face this year, God, that you will be with them, that you will be strong, that you will be mighty. I know that, Lord. And Father, I pray that when we pray to you and you give us a no, that we have the courage to continue to tell the story. I pray, Lord, when, when we struggle, when we just need something revealed, that we will turn to you or perhaps one of us will encourage the other to know that God is the God who reveals the mysteries. God holds the secrets and God shares them. Thank you for Christmas.